Welcome back to the Victoria Police Recruitment Podcast. Today's episode is the final in our series, and I hope it's inspired you to consider a career in policing. On today's episode, I'll be talking to two police officers from different specialist areas to discuss different pathways you can choose once you have done your minimum two to four years in a general duties policing role. Today I'm joined by Acting Sergeant Fleur van der Sluis from the Operations Response Unit and Senior Constable Tony Christensen from Water Police. Thank you so much for being here. No problem. Thanks for having us. At Victoria Police, there is a wide range of specialist areas from the dog squad to detectives. Some of these areas do require a higher level of fitness, for example, the critical incidents response team, dog squad, search and rescue and special operations group. Some are also more competitive than others. For example, everyone loves the dog squad because who wouldn't love to work with dogs? But the reality is there's only around 50 positions compared to detectives where there are over a thousand positions. Fleur, I'd love to hear about the operations response unit. In episode five, we heard a little bit about what motivated you to join Victoria Police, but I'd love to hear what your journey has been like from general duties to ORU and also what exactly do ORU do? So the Operations Response Unit, we are essentially a a frontline support unit for general duties, but we've got specialist capabilities as well. So on a day-to-day basis, we pretty much get tasked to different regions in Victoria. So we work Victoria-wide, which is a really good part of working at the Operations Response Unit. So we get tasked to different areas that are usually experiencing high harm, high volume crime. So it goes way above you know, the the bosses at my office um, usually goes from like an assistant commissioner. We'll actually identify areas that we need to be deployed to. They will consult with our bosses and give us specific tasking. So say Broadmeadows might be experiencing a lot of burglaries during night shift. So we'll be tasked to certain areas to patrol for offenders, patrol for suspect vehicles, engage with people that we come across on the street. So that's our day-to-day job. Our specialist capability, so we're essentially like the riot police. I think that's probably the easiest way to explain it to um, the public. So anytime there's a big demonstration in the city, we attend those. If there's prison riots and they can't be managed by the Justice Department, we'll go in there and assist. So we have all the the body armour, the shields, the helmets, all that kind of stuff. So those kind of jobs that we attend to, there might be an out-of-control party where there's 100 to 200 people at a house, throwing bottles, damaging cars, disrupting the neighbourhood essentially, we'll go out there, clear the area um, and rehabilitate the scene. That sounds really interesting. It is, yeah, it's good. So it's different to general duties. Like we are general duties members but we have specific tasking. So we're not the divisional van. We're not responding to the jobs that are happening in the patch. We've actually got things that we're looking for. So we're more of a proactive policing unit. Excellent. And Tony, what about you? I'd love to know firstly what motivated you to join and also what your journey's been like to date. Um, so I guess what motivated me to join, I've, I've always been in, or enjoyed interacting with people, always been quite a social butterfly. Um, so that attracted me to this sort of job. Um, I've also always loved action sports, doing outdoor things. And so the water police really attracted me from a from when I first joined as well. Um, my goal once I got in was to always join the Water Police, so that's how, I, that's how I got here. Excellent. And so what exactly do the Water Police do and what are they? Yeah, okay. So uh, the Water Police is based out at Williamstown. Um, we have an office at Williamstown and one in Gippsland. Our primary role is Marine Search and Rescue. That's our primary role. 
also education and enforcing uh, the Marine Safety Act and regulations um, and investigating marine incidents that involve loss of life or serious damage from collisions of vessels. And one of our other roles is we operate the Rescue Coordination Centre for Victoria. So whenever an incident happens, someone's lost in the bush, we work alongside search and rescue. We'll take the calls and triage them um, that come into that office. So we work 24 hours a day operating that. With inside the water police, there's also some other specialist roles. There's the um, marine response team, where you learn to tactically drive basically like military-type what we call RIBS, rigid hull inflatable boats, where we come alongside ships and board ships and assist with special operations group. Um, we also have the underwater security team, which is sonar for search and rescue and counterterrorism operations. And if you're interested in the investigation side of things, there's also what we call the MIU, the Marine Investigation Unit. So it's the criminal investigation unit, but investigating marine incidents. You also get to do surf jet ski, surf BWC courses out in the surf, swift water rescue courses where we learn to rescue people out of rivers and floods. And um, we have strike teams that go through all parts of Victoria. So we get to see, because we're responsible for policing all the waterways in Victoria, we get to travel a lot and see some of the most beautiful parts of Victoria. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of diversity within the role and there's, you know, lots of different areas you can move and work in within the water police, which is really interesting. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's an ongoing ongoing training and learning the whole time you're there. It's, it's great. Yeah. And you mentioned that it was an area that you did want to work in, you know, since you joined. How long did it take you to get a role in the water police? Well, I waited, I did general duties for six years. Um, and I think it's really important that you get very good at your core policing skills, maybe try different secondments at different places and get, get to learn the basics of policing first. I think you'll find when you get to these um, specialised roles that there's so much to learn within those roles that you haven't got time to learn your basic policing skills, which you need to know. Um, so it's good to be proficient in those. So I, I waited about six years till I got to senior constable and then had a go at it. And it took me, because it's highly sought after position. It took me four, possibly about four attempts, four panels, and I got it on my fourth. Yeah, amazing. And what about you, Fleur? Did you always want to go into ORU? Um, I don't think it was something that when I joined Victoria Police that I wanted to specifically do. I think just being in general duties, dealing with members from the operations response unit. When I worked in the city, we worked with them a lot during our patrols on Fridays and Saturday nights and just hearing stories from them as well. I probably should have mentioned earlier too that, you know, apart from just doing the the tasking out in the suburbs and, and the riot police kind of stuff, we also do a lot of trips away. Um, if there's any um, natural disasters, any floodings or fires, we're usually deployed to those jobs as well. So that really piqued my interest. I thought, you know, what a great opportunity. I really still do love working in general duties, Mm -hmm. still being able to do that, but also having the opportunity to work statewide, getting away to go away on trips, different kinds of policing, working out in the country for a couple of days and, you know, seeing different scenery and how it's actually done in different areas. So that's why I think I really decided I wanted to join the OIU. And being a more specialist area, is there any um, sort of training you need to go through to get a position there? Or once you're in the area, is there training you you do? So with the um, operations response unit, you just need to apply. So generally there's like a short waiting list, um, but once in the actual unit, we do do courses that you need to pass. 
So that's um, essentially, I think it's about an eight-day course. So you'll get your body armour, you'll get the shields, and you'll actually learn the different commands that you get. We're split up into different sections, you know, what those things mean, where you need to go if you're given a certain call, what your roles are within a public order unit. So, yeah, just the eight days that you need to do. And that's ongoing training as well. So we're split up into four teams within our unit. So I think we've got about 250 uh, other ranks within our office, so that's constable and senior constable. Every month you have two days and each team will do team training. So we generally come out to the academy or go out to different areas. We even go out to the prison sometimes and actually train with their staff. And for that two days, it's just like a refresher to make sure that you still know the commands, still know what you're expected to do if we do get deployed to a job. Awesome. It's really great to hear that there is that continuous learning and development. <coughs> And you mentioned the body armour and the um, shield. How much does that weigh? I think it weighs almost 20 kilos. That's quite a lot. So it is quite heavy. Yeah. Uh, Generally, most of the time, you're not wearing it for Mm -hmm. lengthy periods. I think there was one protest where I was kitted up with all that gear for about 10 hours. Wow. So quite tired at the end of the day. You do get used to wearing it, but, you know, that's where... Being physically fit and healthy and making sure that you keep up a good level of fitness comes comes into play. And Tony, what about the water police? Is there any specific training you need to go through to get into the water police or once you're in? Um, well, to actually be eligible to apply, because we work on the water, you need to be pretty proficient at swimming. Mm-hmm. As it stands at the moment, um, you need to be able to swim to a bronze medallion level, which is a 400 metre or 400 metre swim. So it's 100 metre freestyle, 100 metre breaststroke. 100 metre uh, backstroke and 100 metre side stroke. You need to be able to swim 50 metres and then drag a person another 50 metres back, all within timed strengths. Um, you need to be able to swim below the water for at least 20 metres without taking a breath and then do some uh, object retrieval off the bottom of a, of a pool. And there's also a nautical knowledge exam, a basic nautical knowledge exam that you need to pass. And you also need to be the holder of a uh, recreational boat licence with a jet ski or PWC endorsement. So that's before you apply. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I'd advise anyone that's going to do that, maybe get your head around um, some of that nautical, nautical knowledge stuff. And do you have any special equipment that you wear day-to-day or different sort of uniforms that you have in the water police? We we have a lot of specialist equipment. Um, instead of obviously wearing a vest, we have a specialist, um, what we call a personal flotation device vest, and we have specialist equipment attached to that, like personal locator beacons, flares, little personal flares that we need to be able to set off if we if we go in the water. But apart from that, we have sort of standard standard equipment, but some other specialist stuff that we'd use on boats. And earlier in the series, we've talked about what a general duty shift looks like, but I'd love to know what does a typical shift look like in your areas if there is such a thing? So a more typical day, you would come to work, obviously put your uniform on, attend the office, tick your name off with the duty sergeant to report to duty. Then we'll need to grab all our equipment. So that's the general spray button, all that kind of thing. Uh, usually about 15 minutes into our shift, we have briefings. So we'll actually go into a room. So everyone that starts at the same shift time, say 8am, we'll get called, go into the briefing room and we'll actually get allocated our task for the day, the actual area that we're going to be working in, the person we're going to be working with and um, any specific jobs that we need to do whilst we're out there as well. So it just depends as well. There's also a um, tactical support unit within operations response unit now. So those guys do a little bit different. They've actually got a truck that they need to kit up at the beginning of their shift. 
So they come out with us, but they're kind of a subgroup within our shift. And if we do get deployed to a job, then they'll have to, you know, obviously access their equipment and, and undertake their role. And Tony, what about you? What does a sort of typical shift look like if there is such a thing? Well, a bit like flu, I suppose it's not really such a thing as a typical shift in mm. the water police because we our, our main role is search and rescue. It depends what's happening at the time. This time of year, coming summer, um, it's a lot more dynamic. There's more people on the water. There's more people hiking. There's a lot of different stuff happening around the state. So, But a normal shift would be the same thing. We would come in, kit up. We would have a morning readout with uh, what we call um, our MC in the morning, who is the sergeant who's responsible for any searches or anything that's going on during the day, any investigations. We'd sit there and they'd do what the weather's going to be like. It's really important for us to know what the weather's going to be like, what our tasking is for the day. We might have to go to Geelong. We might be at Port Phillip Bay. We might be over in Western Port. Then we'll get assigned a vessel for the day, depending on where we need to go and what we need to do. Grab all our gear for that vessel but a lot of people, we, or just about everyone needs to keep an overnight bag at work because it could be you might be halfway through your shift and there might be an incident that happens up at Lake Eldon or over in Portland and will be sent straight away. You'll be told, right, you guys now come off the water. You need to go to Portland and look after and investigate what has happened over there. So it can be quite dynamic. Yeah, and you guess you've got to be ready for anything. You've got to be ready for anything, that's right. So yeah. ready to go at a moment's notice. <laughs> that's the same as the OIU as well. We always have our go bag. Mm-hmm. That's happened quite a few times. We'll be halfway through a shift and we'll get a call over our TAC channel. And they're like, guys, oh, come back to the office. Something's going on. And, yeah, you'll get deployed for two or three days. And, yeah, it's exciting. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's one of the, I mean, great things about the job is every day is different. You don't really know what's going to happen. So yeah. take it as it comes. Absolutely. And it sounds like, you know, while you guys do have different roles and different shifts, it sounds like you sort of do start in a similar way. You get briefed for the sergeants and then you go where the day takes you. Now, you've both been in the job a little while now, so I'd love to know what's been rewarding either in your role now or just working for Victoria Police. Tony? Um, I think overall, and there's probably a reason why you join the police is helping people. Um, when people are in distress being there for them. It's always good when you get a good outcome for people. As you just touched on earlier, you never know what's going to happen every day. It's an interesting job. It's not like I'm going to go to work in this office and this is what's going to happen today and then I'm going to go home. It's really interesting. You wake up every day, you might think this is what's going to happen, but a lot of the time it doesn't. It's just something completely different to what you thought it was going to be. And getting to see so many beautiful parts of Victoria that ordinary people don't get to see because we work in such diverse places. And what about you, Flo? I think I'm probably agree with Tony just having a job where it sounds a bit corny but you know you're serving the community you it's not just getting going to work and getting paid you're actually making a difference to other people's lives which is you know really rewarding and it makes it a really special job definitely it sounds like a very rewarding experience in on the flip side what's been a challenging experience there's a lot of challenging things about being a police officer. I think the first two years that I was in the job, I probably didn't like it as much as I do now. <laughs> uh, it's very confusing. There's a lot of things to remember, a lot of things to learn. Uh, you've got to be really good at making decisions quite quickly. So I think that was something that I probably struggled with a little bit at the start because I was used to having time to kind of mull things over, you know, how I'm going to do this at work and do that. And then when you become a police officer, even though, you know, you might be making the wrong decision, you've got to back yourself. And you've really just got to be very decisive and go, this is the path that I'm taking. This is how we're going to run this job. This is how I'm going to resolve this situation. So I think that was probably one of the most um, challenging things for me personally. And what about you, Tony? 
I definitely agree with Fleur. Like for people that are looking at joining the police, the first for you get you get through the academy, and the first couple of years are really tough um, learning. There's so much to take in, and it can be really really daunting. But I just say get through that period, and when you become more comfortable with yourself and what you're doing, then it becomes a really really good job. I guess for the job I'm in at the moment, that's really challenging is dealing with fatalities and not always giving the outcome that um, families would really want to see. You're going to always you know turn out nice, so but yeah, that's challenging part. Yeah, as you said, Tony, the reality of your job is that you will face, you know, really challenging situations and it's not a normal job and you're exposed to things that most people will never have to experience. Before we finish up, what advice do you have for people who really want to get into a specialist area? I think work hard at your core at your core job when you first join. One thing I'll say is definitely your reputation procedure in Victoria Police. So if, if you work hard and just be positive, people get to see that and when you go for a specialist role, I know it's open to everyone, but questions of other members in the specialist role will talk to other members of the station you're at and go, what's this guy like? What's he like to work with? Is he going to fit into our team? And so I think it's just really important to work hard and be sociable and, yeah. Yeah, great. Do, 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 put do. your hand up for things. Yeah, put your hands up for things. and Excellent. And what about you, Fleur? Yeah, I agree with Tony. I think it's, um, yeah, definitely work hard. Make sure that you actually understand the position that you want to go into as well. So I think a lot of people maybe underestimate the physical components of working in a specialist unit. I know at the operations response unit that we have had a lot of people come to our office and then have had to leave because they weren't physically fit enough to be able to complete all the training and everything. So I think being good at being a cop out in the van is definitely an asset. So I generally say to people who are looking at applying and have a specific role in mind that it's probably going to be a good maybe four years before you can actually try out for these positions, really know what their expectations are and not just for the physical fitness, maybe about the personal attributes as well to see whether or not you're suitable. A lot of these specialist units only, you know, you have maybe two tries actually applying for these positions as well. So you've got to think about that too. You've got to make sure that you're in the best position Uh, And also doing temporary duties at different areas as well can definitely be a leg up to getting into a specialist unit. Excellent. That's really great advice from you both. And thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really interesting to hear about your experiences in Operations Response Unit and the Water Police and interesting to hear about some of the different pathways available to you in Victoria Police. So thank you. Thanks. No problem. Thanks for listening to the Victoria Police Recruitment Podcast. I'd like to thank all the guests on this series who have provided some great insight into the recruitment process and life at Victoria Police. For more information on the recruitment process, including upcoming information sessions, exam and fitness resources, and eligibility requirements, please visit www.policecareer.vic.gov.au.